Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. I have a treat for you today. We're going to be talking about um, art, aura, drawing. Okay, so again, this is a topic I'm bringing to you that I've really never talked about before and I love to do that and we have with us today Cindy Kaza who is a psychic medium a TV host and an artist um, Cindy's first memorable encounter with the spirit happened when she was just 10 years old and she's going to tell us about that story but uh, she was a recent co-host of the hit travel channel show the dead files and is currently in development on her own show with a prominent UK-based production company one of um, Cindy's true passions is channeling spirits through art. She is known for her ability to draw spirits, especially client spirits guides, and the spirits she encounters at haunted locations as well as aura art drawings. And uh, Cindy is currently touring the United States presenting live events in 2024. She will be delivering private readings and creating art for an upcoming gallery ex exhibition Welcome, Cindy. So great to have you. Thank you for having me. So I just kind of teased in the beginning there about what happened to you when you were 10 years old. And this, I would assume this is like your first encounter with um, or realizing that you had some sort of connection. Yeah, well, you know, my, it was my first experience remember remembering having seen uh, somebody who had died. And although, you know, it, it happened, I was 10, it was really scary. Uh, but I'll say like at age 10, I didn't know what a psychic medium was. I didn't know about ghosts. I didn't have an outlet to talk about those things. I grew up in a religious family. Most of my family is very Catholic on both sides. Uh, so we didn't talk about I see dead people. We didn't talk about spirits and ghosts and psychic ability so um you know i had the experience i saw a, a girl standing directly next to my bed in the middle of the night when i woke up that you know and then i pulled the covers over my head i pulled them back and she was still standing there which was terrifying and, and you know let me just say too you know a lot of kids have these experiences kids are very open so it's not uncommon for children to see spirits uh, what happens is uh, you know i think we're told that it's not real we're told that we're imagining it. I mean, I, I wonder how many times a child has, you know, spoken about an imaginary friend that's actually a spirit, <laughs> you know, um, but, but, you know, most of us are told that it's not real or, or even that it's not good or that it's evil or it's dangerous, right? So there are all these stories that are fed to us from a very young age to kind of distract us from our innate ability to feel these energies. So it wasn't until, um, you know, I was in my late teens, early twenties that I started to really, uh, you know, sit with all of these experiences that I had continuously had over the years um, and, and to look at them from, from the perspective of maybe I am a psychic medium, maybe I have this ability. Uh, and once I started looking at it through that lens, my whole, you know, life prior to that started to make sense. Because when people have the ability to sense these energies, but, uh, and, and they don't understand what's happening, it can create a lot of anxiety, stress, um, in, in, you know, emotional chaos. Because as empaths, we can feel everybody else's emotions, including our own, plus the spirit world, you know, and so it's, it's, it's challenging when you don't understand what's happening. 
So it, it was not as if at age 10, I suddenly realized I'm a psychic medium. This is my journey. <laughs> that was absolutely not the case. It actually took me quite some time to figure it out. And even after I acknowledged that, you know, this is part of who I am, it still took me years to really, uh, you know, say, this is what I'm going to do with my life. But here I am. Here you are. Who was that little girl? Do you know? Yes, I do know who she was. So there's a girl in my elementary school who passed away in a car accident. Her name was Amber. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, she was in a, a car accident where, she, the, you know, it was a, a group of people hit by a drunk driver. And Amber and I had walked home from school together, uh, you know, uh, several times. She was a little bit older than me, but I knew her. And, you know, I guess I would probably say, uh, you know, had I not had all these experiences after having that experience, maybe I would think, well, maybe I'm just imagining it. Maybe I just, it was a dream because I knew her and it was traumatic as a kid. But, you know, it was visitation dreams are very, um, very different from a regular dream. Uh, you'll never forget what your loved one or the person in the dream looked like, was wearing, how you felt. And I still have not forgotten any of those aspects of that particular dream since age 10. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few visitation dreams. It's been many, many years. <clears throat> but what you're saying is true. They're as vivid today as they were when you had them. And that's the difference because dreams generally are you don't really remember them in it, in its entirety. Everything's kind of pieced together. Um, and, you know, I was going to bring up, um, you know, children having imaginary friends. My daughter from age three to six had two imaginary friends that went everywhere with her. And uh, I, I realized that they were very real to her because she would she had classes with them. She was the teacher. I mean, she, they were there with her. I knew yeah. she pushed them on the swings. It was really incredible. Um, and when she started elementary school, when everything gets very mainstream, they went away mm -hmm. along with her ability to be ambidextrous. When she wrote, she was able to write like this. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. How interesting. She could write mirror images at the same time, you know? Yeah. And when she got to school and they tried to make her choose a hand, um, she lost that too. So it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and children, you know, I, I, I can't say for certain why children are you know, more open between, let's just say between the ages of three and 10. I mean, I'm, you know, I can't say for certain that those are the ages, but let's just say that, right? Because I've, I've talked to so many parents and they seem to all have, you know, uh, the story of their kids are between those ages where they're having these really profound experiences, right? And, um, you know, m my thought on this is, is, you know, speaking to what you were saying is that, you know, children um, are very present. They're, they're in imagination, not that they're imagining these things, but the space of connecting to the spirit world and channeling is very much in that space of presence, openness, uh, imagination, right? And then when people tell us, you have to do it this way, or this is what things should look like, it's it snaps us out of that magic it does right and and then we spend a lot of try, time trying to figure out well not all of us but people like me how do how do i get back to where that to that place to that place of of presence and and magic and creation and manifestation and all those things because it's just an incredibly healing place uh and, and i tell people now um you know i truly believe that the, 
one of the most deeply um deeply healing places we can be are the places where we have no stories attached to anything when we can detach from all of the stories and just be mm. it's so healing and you know so I could go on and on on that for, for a long time but you know interesting about your daughter and being ambidextrous you know because um and this is going into my art too, because when I started automatic writing, that was one of the the first ways I really started channeling was through automatic writing. And I could write with the right hand, the left hand, my handwriting would change, right? <clears throat> and then from the automatic writing came the spirit art. So the spirit art is an extension of the automatic writing. Okay. So I'd be curious, you know, about your daughter yeah. in that space when she was, had her imaginary friends and she could write with mm -hmm. both hands and do mirror images uh, maybe she was channeling in, at that time in her mm -hmm. life. You know, and I've asked her, does she have any memory of this? And she doesn't. She can't yeah. visualize them. It's it's absolutely gone. Um, mm -hmm. And she's a very um, left brain thinker now. So mm -hmm. uh, she's sort of given up that aspect. But, uh, you know, she's 38 now. She doesn't have any of that left. So. Well, she probably does. It's just, you know, this is what I say, you know, it doesn't really go away. What can actually happen is we could push it. We could kind of forget about it. Or, uh, you know, I think more commonly it's that the the um, experiences are a lot more subtle. They're not so in your face. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I teach mediumship a lot. It's, it's one of my, you know, favorite things to do. I love teaching. Um, and And I tell my students, the more you believe, the more you receive. But if you don't understand how spirits communicate, you can you will miss the messages because it's entirely more subtle than what you're expecting to experience based on what we're seeing in Hollywood movies like The Sixth Sense and so on and so forth. Uh, because the spirit world is, is all around us everywhere. We're not disconnected from it. And the idea that we're somehow separated from all of these things is that's, a, that's the greatest illusion, the separation. <laughs> so... It's, it's a shift of perspective. If we can shift our perspectives and how we feel or think about these energies and frequencies, I think it would change a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of things. For me, channeling feels like a thought, but then I, mm -hmm. you know, but I began to realize that I, these thoughts were just coming in, you know, they, they weren't mm -hmm. there. They weren't there before. Mm -hmm. I didn't make them happen. I didn't manifest them. They just were there. And so I began listening to them and I realized that, that there is a difference, but it is very subtle. It's I, very subtle. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I don't do it on demand, but I do it all the time. So it just sort of, <laughs> yes. when I'm not paying attention, that's when it, that's when it happens. Well, that's because you're not trying to <laughs> figure out what's happening yesterday, tomorrow. What do I need to do now? You're, you're like that zoning out is the place where it exists, that that information could come in. And just so listeners understand how subtle it truly can be, as you were saying, the clear audience or the clear hearing, it, it's I explain it like this. It's like if you were to sing the words to your favorite song in your head, it sounds like you're talking to yourself, but it's not actually from you. Or it is from you, it's coming through you, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, so it's that subtle. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I'm, I do coaching. My clients often tell me, Randy, how do you know this? Right. <laughs> I said, I don't know. I just do. Yeah. Um, so you, the dead files, the, the um, travel channel show, what, was, what is the dead files? What was that? What is that about? I don't know if it's still. Relevant. Yeah. 
Well, so the Dead Files, so just so viewers know, uh, so the Dead Files has been on for a long time, uh, 15 seasons. Uh, the the original uh, medium, uh, co-host medium on the show is Amy Allen. So uh, I wound up stepping in for her. She needed to take a step back uh, for health reasons. Uh, I have so much respect for her. She's an amazing medium. She carried the show for, I mean, 15 seasons is incredible. So I came in in this last season. Um, and so Dead Files is a show where uh, my co-host and I, uh, Steve Deshavi, Steve Deshavi is a retired New York City homicide detective. So he does all of the research, speaks with the experiencers or the, the locals, uh, the librarians, the historians, and so on and so forth. I go in to uh, investigate the hauntings that are uh, allegedly happening in different families' homes. So a family will reach out and say, we're having you know, very difficult uh, paranormal experiences in our home. Can you come tell us what's going on? So as a medium, I go in with no prior information. I know nothing, literally just thrown into the house. I do a walkthrough. I share what I'm getting. And as I'm doing that, Steve is doing uh, interviews and research. And Steve and I don't communicate at all until the reveal. So we don't share with one another what the other person, you know, got. And then we share with the families at the end. And, you know, it, it's a really um, rewarding show to make because a lot of these families uh, are coming to us thinking that they're crazy. People have told them that they're crazy. They're afraid to talk about it in fear of people thinking they're crazy, right? That's right. like one of the biggest fears that people have is True. if I talk about this or I say that I see spirits, people are gonna think I'm nuts. And so they suffer in silence for a long time with no outlet. And so I always say, if nothing else, um, if I'm able to go in and sit with the family and validate what they're experiencing, that's enough because that within itself is, is it can be very healing for somebody to just know like, oh my God, I'm not losing my mind. This medium who knew nothing about me or my family can see exactly what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing, yeah. Um, my husband and I just <clears throat> own um, two spa franchises. And um, in one of the locations, there was a lot of paranormal activity. Um, so I probably called in a paranormal team probably like three different times. And they came in with all their equipment and it's just so cool because you can see words coming across the little, the little yeah. thing and you're putting together and you're saying, you know, make that light go off and they make the light go off and it's just, you know, you can feel the change in the temperature in the rooms. And um, I just thought it was phenomenal. And we helped, um, we helped two people go to the light and we helped one malevolent spirit get out because there was, yeah. There was one. Yeah. And it's real, you know, and, and in the mm -hmm. dead files, I will say uh, people if, if that, that watch the show. And for those of you listening that may now watch the show, it, it is it caters to the uh, darker side because people are calling and they're like, what is happening in my home? And those spirits do exist. And, and just if I could, you know, elaborate on that a little bit, um, because people always ask me, like, why would a spirit stay trapped in a house for eternity? Why would this happen? Why would a spirit do this, right? And it's like, you know, those are all valid questions. Uh, and it's a little bit confusing for, especially for those of us who, that work in the space, because, you know, if you read about near-death experiences, um, a lot of people that have had them will say they can be in many different places simultaneously. Uh, there's a great book called Dying to Be Me that was written by a woman, Anita Morjani. Yes. I, lo I love that book, right? It's like, it's yes. a, 
easy read. It's super interesting. Um, so I love that book. I highly recommend it. But you know, when when Anita Morjani has her near death experience, she you know is able to be in many different places all at the same time. So what is that showing us about the soul's ability to you know uh, be in many different places? Time and space aren't linear on the other side. They don't exist in the same way. And so back to what I was saying about spirits being trapped in a location for eternity, um, that doesn't exactly make sense to me energetically. So what I really am starting to lean into, and and let me say I can't prove anything, right? But what I am starting to really lean into is that when a spirit has a trauma or um, I don't know, a negative experience, a person, right? When a person has a trauma, a negative experience, uh, an aspect of their soul can fragment off and remain in a location. Mm. And those those pieces have energy. It's a part of the soul. It still has power. It, it, it has, you know, but it, it's that traumatized, fragmented piece that needs some help and has unfinished business. And we as psychics and mediums um, and people can experience those pieces and it can feel scary. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's important to look at those aspects. Of, as, you know, as a human, somebody had something happen to them. Why are they there? What's their story? What happened to them? What do they need to say? What do they need to get off their chest right. so they can move on to a better place? Uh, and that's the tricky part of as a psychic medium. Um, which for me, it's taken me years of experience to really be more comfortable uh, dealing with those aspects of souls because it can feel scary. It can feel unnerving. But now I'm more able to sit with those pieces uh, as more of a neutral or an objective observer and say, why are you here? What do you need? What happened to you? We had um, one of the spirits was a woman who had been murdered. Our business was on a, in a strip shopping center, and um, it was probably probably about 25 years old. But this woman had been murdered before the strip shopping center was built. She'd been murders, murdered in that area. Right. And she had a brother who was blind, and she was the one who just always took care of him. So she never wanted to leave because she thought she needed to stay around and take care of her brother. Right. Um, and I think our, the team convinced her that, you know, he's there already waiting for her and, um, you know, and, and made it easier for her. But it is a psychological thing that you have to talk to them in a certain way um, mm -hmm. because they're, they're terrified. And then we had another, uh, another one who um, I, I think he was her murderer, actually. I think he came... Uh, and he was terrified because he had done some really bad things. He'd been in the Vietnam War and he was brain damaged. Mm -hmm. And he said that he committed murder, um, but he was afraid to cross over because he didn't want to experience what was going to happen to him on the other side. So that was very, very interesting. And then the, the uh, malevolent spirit, he was scratching my employees. Yeah, yeah. And people, people will say, well, why would a spirit scratch somebody or do this? And, and my answer is this. Well, sometimes they're just angry, right? But also think of it this way. Imagine you're dead for 50 years and nobody is listening to you. And all you want to do is get your story out. Sometimes you have to take drastic action to get people to pay attention. Uh, it doesn't always look pretty. Uh, now, it's not always the case that that's why they're doing it. Some of them just 
are not very nice. But I will say a lot of times when you get to the root of the problem as to why this beard is there in the first place, a lot of those things go away. They stop happening. Hmm. Yeah. I just found it, you know, for me, that's not scary for me. It's just super interesting. Yeah. And, you know, out of all the, the um, businesses in that long strip shopping center, they came to me probably because they knew I, I would believe Because you're open I and you're open. also very open. Yeah, right. exactly. So um, tell us about the art that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do, uh, like I was saying before, I, I uh, my art is an extension of my automatic writing. I channel art. Uh, I don't have any uh, formal artistic training. <laughs> Actually, I'm really terrible at If you ask me to draw a still life, it would be miserable. <laughs> but um, I do spirit guide drawings. I can channel uh, art, you know, like a spirits that are in a house um a lot of times they're the more ancient spirits connected to the land so i'm still kind of trying to figure that one out so if i sat down with you to and did a a channel drawing it likely wouldn't be your family member it would be your spirit guide or somebody that's much older um that just seems to be what comes through with my art Mm -hmm. um and so i just put the i use charcoal a lot of the time or ink I put the charcoal to the paper my hand starts moving and a face starts appearing it's really it's kind of wild and and then with with the drawing with the spirit guide drawing then i will give a message to the recipient of the drawing from their guide uh, as to why the guide's there how long has that guide been with you you know the, the story of the the spirit and why the spirit is in your life right now so that's that part of it uh, aura drawings are different so i can see colors around people and when i'm doing an aura drawing what I'll do is I'll map out the colors I'm seeing around somebody um, and then tell tell the story based on the colors and uh, their location. So, um, you know, I believe that um, we as individuals have to find our own meanings in the colors. Uh, other people will disagree with me and say that colors have a universal meaning. I just think you have to know what it means for you. And that's that. Uh, so you can see a lot about somebody's past, present and future uh, using the aura, the colors in the aura. It's really, really fascinating. And you can see different physical ailments or energy blocks um, also by looking at the colors in the aura. Wow. So when you do the auric drawings, um, are you, so so what do they look like? Is it just color or is it a rainbow? Like what do you, what would we see when you're doing that? Yeah, so when I'm doing an aura drawing, usually I'll have like a, it's not a stick figure, but let's just say I have like a figure in the middle and then colors all around. Uh, it just, it kind of, it depends on the person. I mean, it's it's very interesting um, because I've seen aura drawings uh, or I've done aura drawings where a, a lot of the color will be um, on one side of the, the body, right? It'll be all, let's say, for example, mm. I've, I've done it where all of the color is in the past and the future, the future side is empty. Wow. And, but that's not necessarily a negative thing. It depends on what you're looking at, because it could be that somebody is sorting through all of the, the, the pain in their past or they're focused on their past, but actually the future is a blank slate. And if they work through this stuff, they can manifest anything. Uh, you, you, it's really, really interesting. So I, it's, I love doing aura drawings um, and I use really bright colors. So I think people like to, and people get to see what, what does my aura look like? You know, and, and people come in, in my belief, people come in with a couple of colors that, that are just their life path color so like 
for you, I see, I'll just tell you what I'm seeing just as the, the overarching color with you. Okay. You have a lot of white and you have a lot of magenta. And magenta is really fun because magenta is like, I march to the beat of my own drum, get out of my way, don't tell me who to be. <laughs> like You're just like, you. mm -hmm. I don't like being put in a box, don't put me there. I am like, you just don't do well with social norms and boxes and, and any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> but but even yeah but even with that um you know there's there's the white which is the connection to uh, divine information which we already talked about a little bit or wanting to understand the purpose of why am i actually here being a seeker being somebody who's really interested in seeking and understanding the purpose and meaning of all of this chaos right um in connection to angels and all of those energies so while you might not be really uh interested in dogma you're still interested in the spiritual aspects of everything. Right. Right? Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very good description of me overall. Mm -hmm. And that's just the, the two colors that came that, that are just there. And then there's a lot more in there, but those right. are like, you came in that way. So if you ever wondered why am I like this, it's ha literally how you came in. Interesting. That's very mm -hmm. interesting. Someone else told me about the color white for me. Um, mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to chakras, there's a lot of blue. There's some yellow, there's blue. Um, but I was told about the color white and um, I never really thought about that. But that is that is spirit. That's the spirit world, mm -hmm. the pure light mm -hmm. of the spirit world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you are you artistic when it comes to the auric draw, drawings or are you guided with that as well? Well, um, so the auric drawings are a little bit different in the sense that what what's happening is that I'll be would be looking at you and seeing the colors around you now let me just clarify that I'm seeing it in the mind's eye so this is where people get confused they think I'm looking at somebody and I'm seeing it externally it's in the mind's eye so it's like I could see the color magenta projected over you through my mind's eye okay so it's different than when I'm doing spirit guide drawings because I am actually using my clairvoyance instead of just moving my hands mm -hmm. and then I'm grabbing the colors and placing them where I'm seeing them placed over you so it's not the same technique but it's still it's still using my mediumship and my psychic ability, but it's a different technique. That's so fun. You must really enjoy doing these things. I do, I do. And it's it's you know, I've been um really uh exploring working with new mediums. Uh uh I'm doing a lot of ink wash now. Um and uh it, you know, I can get really sucked into I call it the art portal where I'm just like creating art for hours and hours and like I gotta get out of this art portal and get sucked in, you know. But it's it brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, mm -hmm. one of my one of my goals is to to have a an art show. So, um, so tell us tell us about an interesting um, person or situation that um, you did the art drawing. Which that you found that really really stuck out with you. I mean, there's everybody's so unique, you know. It's like okay. I've got to really think of. Um, you can just use an example. It doesn't have to be the. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good a good one, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's like. I mean, they're they're just all they're all so um, so different. So there was one that I did for uh, a young woman who was really struggling with identity, um, and you know she. Uh, 
you know, was having a really hard time at home because of the way that uh, people in her family wanted her to be. They wanted her to be a certain way and she was just not that way, right? So I'm, I'm trying to be very, a little bit vague because it's somebody's personal story. So forgive me for sounding vague, but I'm trying to be respectful. I completely um, get that because that's the work I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, so the, the way that it appeared, it was it was really interesting because above her head, I had drawn, and it, 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 I saw a box, <laughs> right? It was like this box above her head. And then uh, colors, but what was happening was she was trying to fit inside of the box mentally. And then, uh, you know, all around her was this really deep blue, which for me represents, uh, so blue is interesting because blue for me, depending on the shade of blue can represent uh, intuition, psychic ability, being an empath. But when it gets to a really deep blue, it can represent uh, depression and anxiety. And I'm not a doctor, I don't diagnose, okay? But I saw all of this really deep blue around her and I was like, oh, she's really struggling with depression and anxiety because she can't fit inside of the box that her family wants her to be in. And then looking in the past, I saw some traumas and things like that because it's all in the aura. You can really see it. but then all, all around her was orange on this side, which orange is the color of the uh, the artist, creator. Um, a lot of it is artistic ability and how she was using the rage to fuel the art. Because what people don't misunderstand, they misunderstand sometimes is that anger is a very active emotion. And you could be really angry, but that anger can fuel your creativity. Can f- And I'm not saying it's the best way to go about it, but you can see it in the aura, how all of these things were creating this anger that was fueling the art. And she was actually creating this amazing art. And then to try to unpack that and see like, how can maybe we uh, find a healthier way to to, <laughs> to work through some of this stuff. Right, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know, if somebody's coming to you with a situation like this, um, emotionally, it's emotional and psychological really. Um, how do you how do you guide them since you're you're not a therapist or or whatever um what do you use for guidance so you know that's a that's a really fair and good question because no i'm not a a therapist i have a degree in social psychology which Mm -hmm. is different you know but i'm not a clinical psychologist i'm not a physician Mm -hmm. uh and that's a, a really uh important for psychics and mediums to um really know that that's not what we're here to do <laughs> and to, to also always leave people feeling empowered that is the biggest thing I, I try more to um encourage people to i guess find their own meaning in things so i will like drop a little bit of a morsel and say this is kind of it but what it what's your meaning in this right what's your meaning in it and i also um am constantly <laughs> reiterating that um, you know, everybody has free will. I believe that. I believe we have the ability to change our paths um, that, you know, just because I'm seeing something does not mean that that is, uh, uh, you know, destined to happen for sure. You're seeing uh, it for now, right now. Huh. Right. And um, I'm careful to not uh, project my own meaning into somebody else's story. Right. Because that is another thing that psychics and mediums can do is that we can, uh, without even really fully knowing it, uh, project our own meaning onto somebody else's story. Mm -hmm. 
because everything is a projection. Everything is a projection. Right. So which lens is, which lens are we looking through? And right. it's, 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 we always have to check ourselves. So um, my goal is always to leave somebody feeling empowered uh, after a session, uh, never to leave somebody feeling afraid or in fear or, or that, you know, I don't know, that, right. that they can't go forward. That, that is because that's, that's not what this work is about. That's right. not what it's about. Right. Exactly. And was is there um, a particularly interesting story about the um, the spirit guide drawings? Oh man, so I gotta think. Oh, there's like I've done so many. I've gotta think. Let me. Oh yeah. Okay. This this one's interesting. I think it's interesting. It's it's rather recent. So uh, I was doing a guide drawing for this woman and. Um, for me, it was a little bit frustrating because I had been commissioned and it, it started out one way and then it totally changed. I could not land on one face. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. This guy drawing is taking a week. Normally it doesn't take that long. What is going on? And it was a larger drawing, right? And I'm I was like changing mediums. I'm like, God, oh, this is like, what is happening? And so finally I finished it and there were three faces, right? And I was like, none of these faces look remotely human. <laughs> is going on and so I, I i i do the reading uh which i i do the guide drawing and then i do some automatic writing for the reading and i send them both at the same time and in a nutshell you know this woman had three guides that were not from this planet and they all had a different message for her and what they were saying is that you know because they were like you know you have a hard time. This is for the woman. She, you have a hard time finding where you fit in in this life. You're all, you've always been confused about what your path is. You don't feel like you belong here. And they're like, it's because you're not from here. <laughs> you know, um, that could very well be the picture you would draw for me. <laughs> so, but she was like, oh my god, this makes so much sense, right? And mm -hmm. I'm thinking because I just have to get out of the way. I'm like, oh, this woman's gonna think I'm nuts, That's like. Great. I'm like, That's here's funny. your alien guides and you're not from this planet, right? But she she was like, this makes so much sense. And that's just a testament to the psychic medium getting out of the way. Get, we have to get out of the way. It's not about us, right? I love that, you know? I really love that. I love that you were able to get that visual um, and reproduce it because yeah. um, I'm certain I'm a starseed. I'm certain I am. I'm certain I'm not, mm -hmm. you know? Maybe I've lived a human life before. I don't know, but I didn't come from there right the last time. I just yeah it, right yeah. So yeah. um so that would be really interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. funny. It's funny. That's a funny story. That's funny. <laughs> um, what what are you doing now in addition to the um, the artwork and the do, does every reading that you do have some sort of art aspect to it? It, it they don't so um i don't do a lot of private readings well i haven't in a while because i've been primarily filming and touring so i do a lot of live events where i connect people to their loved ones who have passed away so oh. that's like what i've spent years doing i've been living out of a suitcase since 2012 minus the pandemic when we couldn't travel but it's been mm. you know it's it's been crazy i've been on the road you know, consistently for about 10 years, um, whether it be doing live events or filming. 
I've been on a few shows. There's uh, The Holzer Files. There's Ghost of Devil's Perch and The Dead Files. They're all on uh, streaming on Max and Discovery Plus, cool. just so people know. Uh, all Those are all paranormal. And then the live events are connecting people to their loved ones who have passed away. And then what I'm doing now is um, getting ready to start commissioning more spirit guide drawings, uh, selling prints of my uh, previously drawn works, and hopefully... Um, you know, get, having an art show sometime in the next year or two, uh, depending on how many pieces I can get together. Uh, but I'm also uh, developing my own project with a production company from the UK. And, you know, I've been developing this project uh, since 2012 by myself, uh, really. And finally, you know, have a production company that's come on board. But the premise of the, sh the, the project is me exploring different, um, different, cultures and religions and their views of the afterlife and mediumship and psychic ability and how all of these things exist cross-culturally. They might be called something different in one religion as opposed to the next, but we're all really tapping into the same energies and, and how the importance of language, uh, you know, really it, it, it plays a role in, in how people understand the spirit world um, because even the word channel for one person, it can mean something different to the next person. Intuitive, psychic. Uh, you know, we walk around all the time saying, uh, uh, I should have trusted my gut. That's socially acceptable. Uh, but to say I'm psychic is not socially acceptable in a lot of But I should have trusted my gut is, and it's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time. It is, yeah. So just exploring that, I've spent a lot of time traveling abroad. Um, I've spent a majority of my time abroad in Southeast Asia, which uh, is one of my favorite places. Indonesia, a magical land. Wow. So yeah, that's what I'm working on. That's so exciting. I mean, I'm sure it gets tiring at times. Um, did you say that you're you're married? Uh, yes, I am. I am married. Does he yeah, go so with you I'm, or does he travel he, with you? Yeah, he does. So we, um, we spent quite a bit of time in, in Southeast Asia last year because I was really, you know, filming and trying to get some stuff for my project together. But yeah, he, he's a loves traveling. He's also an artist. He's a musician. Uh, we're like, he's super into metaphysics and healing and all that jazz. So oh, good. yeah, second time around, second time's a charm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, so you were brought up in a pretty dogmatic situation as you know as a child your parents were into religion was was this oppressive for you as a child you know um i'll say this uh my my mother um pretty religious and my grandmother and my grandparents my dad was a little bit more of the rebel uh, but his sisters were nuns we have priests in the family his parents were you know polish catholic okay. my grandmother my grandmother was a polish immigrant like her like the holy water in the house nuns priests on that side on my mom's side all catholics my mom um you know left the catholic church for a time became born again Christian, which is even for me more intense than the, than the Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And so um, oppressive, I would say, in some ways, it was it was, yes, it was strict. Um, but you know, I, I don't know, I was always just so uh, as a kid, like, so weird, you know, so I, I think I just was like out so outside of the box that although yes, it was strict, I think it just didn't necessarily um i guess 
I never really bought into that part of it, but I will say uh, I certainly didn't talk about my experiences with seeing spirits or feeling things, Mm -hmm. but my mom would always say to people, oh, Cindy is very sensitive. She, she can sense things. And that was it. Okay. That's as far as she would go. Right. Because this is, um, this is evil, you know, in, in terms of the Catholic religion, this would be evil, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, yeah, it, it's this is what I found is that it's not that people in the in different religions think that what I'm doing is uh, th- that isn't real. They think it's dangerous. They think it's dangerous. Dangerous, right? But what's really interesting to me is I was doing an event probably five years ago and there were these, maybe six years ago, these two women came up to me and they um, they said, oh, we are so happy that we could come tonight. We went to our priest before your event to ask him if we were allowed to come and he said we could come. Wow. Wow. Talk about having so, your, your world defined for you. I know it's, it's really, wow. it's really interesting, but, but the priest said, yeah, go see the medium. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, it's, what do I know? What do I know? Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause I grew up in a, a religious type environment where, you know, religion was just the rule. It was the rule Yeah. with everything. Everything was explained. You did be just because you are, you know, you do yeah. it because you are. Yeah. It's <laughs> it hard. was like, that just never, it never reg- registered with me because I, am. well, that's how it was with me too. Yeah. I'm like, well, I, I know people are saying this, but it doesn't mm-hmm. quite feel right or make sense, but okay. I don't know. You know, <laughs> but I was just so living out in my own world anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think the other thing I, I want to add to that is, you know, I am very respectful of people's religious beliefs and, and how they choose to to walk through life and experience life. And I think that, um, you know, people need to find what works for them. And ultimately, all of these paths are, are, are I think, trying to lead us to the same place. Uh, people, you know, the, the message gets maybe confused along the way sometimes, but I don't think any of it is was meant to to necessarily at the core of the meanings of the teachings. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they were meant to cause war, or cause people to right. hate each other, right? Um, but but I also teach this to my students. Like it's not our jobs as psychics and mediums to convert anybody into believing in what we do. That's not right. It's not it's not right to impose our beliefs on anyone. You just right. show up and be who you are and do what you do and do it in integrity and do it from your heart. Right. That's enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean all paths lead to, you know, to the source. Mm-hmm. All paths lead to the source. Um however we define that. It's just that humans got in the way sometimes and just tried to uh, control the mm-hmm. way they, they were leading the people. Um, but for some people, you know, I realize this, that some people like a more defined route and some people like you and me, we're out of the box, you know, <laughs> we just want to well, find it. We want to search and find it. So, yeah, yeah. But that can be very scary for a lot of people. Of course, and it's under is is you know understandably so. I mean, it, it it's difficult. All of the unknowns are difficult, and at the at the root of all of it, um, I think, you know, what the, the the driving force of of most of, if not all, of our cognitions as human beings is the desire to belong, and 
And I really mean that. If we think about why we do what we do and how we do it and how we interact with other people and how our desire to belong drives those behaviors, it's really actually very fascinating. And, 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 and it creates for me, when I started to look at things from that perspective and how people behave from that perspective, it, it really allowed me to have a lot more compassion for people because we, we want to feel safe. We want to have our group. We want to have people are in group we want all of the these things so we can feel safe walking through life of all of these unknowns and and really to just have compassion for people because that's what's needed that's truly what's needed across the board it's right you're 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 very very right you're exactly right yeah it is it's about feeling safe in this world so that you can walk through it um and i yeah i completely agree with you we all come here with different different ways that we're going to do that or we find different ways to do it but like mm -hmm. you said all paths lead to the same thing we're all looking for the same thing we're looking for this meaning um and this strength outside of ourselves or this influence outside of ourselves yeah we all yeah. it's there in some way unless you're yeah. atheist and then you just don't believe it at all well, hey look but but the, the thing about athe atheists is that it's still a belief system it's not the belief system that there's a higher being, but it's a, still a group thought, group behavior, group think, in group. It's mm -hmm. still right. that. It's right. still its own thing. So it's it's just a different way of walking through life, but it's still its own in group. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, right. They all relate to each other that way. Um, so when you do when you do these um, group readings, when you travel and do these group readings, um, have you ever come across uh, like a, a common theme like in the room? Like I know I went to see um, oh who was it? I mean it was a medium years ago. I can't remember what I can't remember his name. But anyway, um, there was a theme in the room of nine eleven. Oh, it can happen that way. It can totally happen. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yep. I mean, that's happened to me where I'm like, wow, the theme tonight is uh, overdoses or the theme tonight is I'm like, what is going on? And you're sitting there, you know, it's like, cause, because I don't, uh, I, I just show up. I let whatever happens happen. I don't see in my mind's eye a line of spirits and say, I pick you. I feel the energy, I go with what I'm getting, then I let the next one come in, then the next and so on and so forth, right? And I've done events where I've walked away, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so heavy. Everything was so heavy. I'm like, where were the grandmothers that just baked cookies and went to <laughs> church? I'm like, where were you guys tonight? You know, we need a little comedic relief. This is the heavy, but having said that, it's like, um, I found that when I try to control uh, uh, the way that things come in, it's it's never the right way. You just have to show up and be the person who hopefully can get the information out in a relatable way that people can understand. So, but but yes, it's wild when that happens. It's crazy, but there aren't any coincidences. There's no coincidences. I mean, if you think about your event where the theme is 9/11, well, how many people? would you expect in that room to have so many people with the 9-11 theme? Right. And some of them were sort of brought there by other people they didn't believe, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it just, you know, and and it was just an amazing thing to see them um, experience this. Yeah. 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 I think it was James Van Prague. 
think so. Oh, I, think, I know James. I've yeah, known him for years. I think years. that's yeah. what it was. I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. I've seen, I know I've seen him. I've seen some others, but I might've been him. Um, yeah. And that was, that was very interesting. Um, I was just going to say something about. So as on an individual basis, um, what I've sort of experienced or been told that a medium experiences is there can be a line of people lined up to speak with you. There was sure. one, yeah, and I'll come back to that. But there's one, you know, and also a lot of it is open to interpretation. So, um, and I know as a medium, you always say, write this down because you may not realize it now, but you, you know. So <clears throat> I was getting a reading and spirit of a grandmother came through and the grandmother was showing this string of pearls. Now, my family was not wealthy and they didn't have jewelry. My grandmothers did not have jewelry. And I'm like, why is she showing a string of pearls? Why is she showing a string of pearls? And I'm like, I just don't know. Hang up. And I go, oh, my God. My husband's grandmother's name was Pearl. Oh, see, that's exactly right. That's right. right. It's that's like, exactly how oh, it is. The, she was. I didn't expect her to be there, you know, but she was there. So. That's exactly how it is. And so this is what, uh, when, when I say study mediumship or teach mediumship, mm-hmm. these are the things that we learn and we teach is that a picture can tell a thousand words. Uh, a picture of pearls might be the name pearl, not actually pearls. So the spirit world, they know what they're doing. They're going to give us information in a way where we can get it out. So if the person, if the, if the medium, this particular medium, for example, doesn't trust that he or she can get names, then the spirit world probably isn't going to say Pearl mm-hmm. because they know the medium isn't going to trust that to say it because they don't trust getting names. So instead, they're going to show you a Pearl necklace. So you say Pearls, Pearl necklace. So right. hopefully the receiver can say, oh, well, her name is Pearl. Right, exactly, right. It, it takes a little while because you mm-hmm. it's usually not the track of the train of thought that you're on. It's No, you can often no, it's like Pictionary, Charades, and Telephone. It's, it's wild, and that's the thing. It's like um, one spirit can give a medium several different pieces of information in different ways. And if you don't understand that that's what ha- what's happening, it's very confusing as a medium because you might see pearls, then you might feel cancer, then you might know something mm. and you're like, what, what is going on? I'm being bombarded. But as you develop your mediumship and become more uh, blended with the spirit world and more confident in what you're receiving, you know how to work with all of these pieces hitting you quickly and how to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever given a message to someone that they were supposed to pass on and they Always. were afraid to do it? That happened to me. I was given a message to pass on to somebody who was not going to get this at all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh gosh, why me? <laughs> but when yeah. I delivered the message, it was well received. Yeah, you never know. And and I found that sometimes the people we think will receive it the best actually don't, and the people we <laughs> think that aren't going to receive it do. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But no, it happens a lot. And I, I in my intro at all of my live events, I make a point to say, look, you might be the messenger for your friends and family that could not make it here today. Uh, and and you know, obviously, use discretion, use discernment uh, as to whether or not you think this message will be received. But please know 
but the spirit world knows what they're doing and they know you're here and they will show up to get the message out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I've had events where, uh, and it's kind of frustrating when this happens, maybe as a medium a little bit, because, you know, people are there to receive messages from their family members. And, and then they usually you know who they want to hear from. Yeah, yeah, right. And then you have an event where it's like, oh, there's like three people that have to be the messengers. Like, why is this happening? And and you can tell the people getting the messages are like annoyed because it's for somebody else. But I'll tell you, um, I stopped judging those events so much because what would happen is people after the event, they would message me or email me and say, you know, something like this. Like, I was irritated that my dad didn't come through. But when I gave the message to so-and-so, that message needed to get there right at the, that time. So it, it all makes sense now. So it's about having this deep trust that everything is in alignment with what needs to be happening at, in the moment and trusting the spirit world because they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They do. So we were talking about them lining up behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, are they trying to muscle their way forward? Are they trying <laughs> to, are they trying Sometimes. to be the one? Sometimes, I mean, I don't like, like I said, I don't like see a line of them, but what I will, what will happen sometimes is I'll be talking to one and another one will push the other one out of the way. (laughs) I can feel it happening. I'm like, that is so rude. Like you'll have somebody push their way in and then, then I have to deal with that person. Then go back to the other person. It's interesting. So yes, I mean, I don't see the line, but I know there's a big line. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So what else? Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share about the work that you do that I maybe I haven't asked you about? I mean, I know we talked a lot about this. Um, yeah, you know, um, I think I think one of my uh, goals, I think, in, in being in the public eye with this work, or something that I find uh, important to share with people, is that you know, we all come in with the ability to feel these energies. Everybody has the ability to feel these energies. And I always say, uh, everyone can play the piano. Not everybody is going to be a concert pianist, right? right? But I think one of the things that um, can be off-putting to people is, is the kind of belief or assumption that psychic mediums only are a dime a dozen and that it's this very unique thing and it's like I want to make it more normal for people to to know that they have it too if that makes sense like yes if we all have different degrees and some of us are more open than others but um I I think one of my goals is is hopefully to to encourage people or to help people wake up to their own innate ability and their own gifts and my one of my friends and I, uh, my friend Jennifer Schaefer, who's a, one of my best friends and a great psychic medium, you know, we were having a conversation about uh, what we do for work, and and she said, uh, she said our goals as psychic mediums or our jobs as psychic mediums are finished when nobody has to come see us anymore because everyone's having their own experience. Wow, experiences. Great. I was like, ah, exactly. Whoa, I just exactly. had a deja vu with that statement. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. Okay. yeah it's like it's like that just resonated okay okay and and I I feel like um and even when we talk about people Mm -hmm. uh, scientists or left-brainers or 
and mind you, not all scientists are atheists. A lot of scientists are religious. So like, you know, it's not that, but if we just talk about the language that we're using to describe the experiences of connecting to these energies, right? There's a difference between saying, uh, I'm talking to uh, a ghost and I'm connecting with a frequency. And because think, you know, everything is even, energy. Yeah, I think um, I know that people, I that I've said, you know, you have loved ones around you, you know, it's it's okay to try to tap into that because they're there and they want to be recognized um, as being around you. And they see that as being a ghost. So why don't You're you right. tell us, I know the difference, but why don't you tell us what the difference between a ghost or an earthbound and a spirit? Um, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't even know if I like to, to break everything down to all of these really separate things. Um, okay, if we talk about Earthbound, the, the, the way that I describe Earthbound, uh, it, it's more like those fragmented pieces. Uh, because they're still in a, in a, they're still vibrating at a different frequency. They're not vibrating at the same frequency that you and I are. So they've moved somewhere. They're somewhere, okay. but they're, they're still these, these, these fragmented pieces are still very much attached to earthly things because of unfinished business or something, an unhealed trauma. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's the entirety of the soul in my experience, because look, let, let's talk about the younger aspect of the soul, the childlike aspect or some, some other aspect that could be communicating with a different medium somewhere yeah. else across the world. Okay. Right. So it's a, it's a piece, it's fragments. Um, you know, and then, then I think it's also important to really look at, um, how none of us really are separate. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on a like how do I condense what I'm about to say? Okay, so there the, in the Sufi Sufi thought. So Su Sufism is this really interesting um, uh, religion philosophy, right? And Sufi thought, you know, when a new soul comes in, it goes through all of the layers of everything that ever has been, was angelic, all these different realms. So we come in, we have a unique imprint, but we also have everything that ever was inside of us as well. Everything and everything that ever will be. So when people say, um, oh, I had a past life as uh, Cleopatra. So maybe it's a bad example, but I'm just going to use it. Okay. okay. I have my, in a past life, I was Cleopatra. It's like, okay. If, if we believe that we all have everything inside of us, that everything exists inside of us, which is actually taught in most of the religions, then you have a past life as Cleopatra. I do too. We all have that information inside of us. The, the, the better question is why are you remembering that aspect of that life right now? Okay. Why is it important to you now? And I think, a more thought-provoking question for people is, uh, why don't you believe that these things exist? Why don't you believe that the spirit world exists? Because when you really start to sit with why you don't believe, a lot of things can come up that actually have very little to do with the spirit world. It can be dogma, it can be childhood trauma, it could be fear, fear of looking crazy, fear if you mm. tap into those energies that you'll never be the same. Mm. So my question to all of you is, if you believe that all of this is untrue, that mediumship doesn't exist, why? What? Why don't you believe? Right. What is holding you back? And it can't. You know, fear can block um, the communication, right? With spirits, if 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 a spirit knows we're going to be freaked out um, by hearing them or experiencing them, they probably are not going to come through. 
Well, there's that part of it, but there's also the fear on the part of the medium, uh, the fear of, mm-hmm. of a, really a large fear is people are afraid they're going to go crazy or they're yeah. afraid people are yeah, going like to people think that feel they're like that. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, I can't yeah. tell you the number of students that I've had in my beginner workshops that are like, well, what if I open this up and I lose my mind? What if I start? It's it's a, because look at look at how we we treat people uh, or how in, in in history how people have been treated when they've claimed to have been able to feel these energies it hasn't gone down very well. No, right. Mm-mm. Unless it's unless it's in alignment with a religion or it's some sort of a prophecy or a cha- or an angelic download or something mm-hmm. like that that seems to be more acceptable. Mm-hmm. But it's it's people are really afraid of being viewed as crazy or going crazy. It's, in my opinion, it's two of the largest fears that really? block people. I never thought about experience. that. That's, that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yet they seek it out. Um, they want to know, they have this curiosity, but then, then the fear, there's the fear. So what does the fear do? Does the fear block anything? Well, it could just block you from, from being open to the experience. You might have an experience and immediately tell yourself that it's not real. Right. Or or somebody might share something with you about their experience and your reaction would be that none of that's real. I don't believe in any of that crap. Mm-hmm. So you shut it. You're just constantly shutting it down. Right. Constantly shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but everybody's where they're at. And I think, I think that's something else that I've really tried to... Um, to be mindful of is to, to, to show up for people where they're at, be show up for them where they're at. I've had people tell me, uh, you're doing the devil's work. You're evil. And it's like, okay, that's okay that you think that about me. And they're saying, I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, thank you. I need all the prayers I can get. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, but right. people are where they are and, and everybody deserves compassion in that space, you know? Right. Absolutely. It's been so good talking to you, Cindy. You too. <clears throat> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, what is your website? My website is mediumcindykeza.com or cindykeza.com. If you Google me, my website will show up where you can find links to all my classes and my live events and all the stuff I'm doing on TV. And yeah, so uh, check it out. I'm on uh, social media. I'm really active on Instagram and Facebook. I post a lot of my stuff there too. And so, yeah, it's so great to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been really, really great talking with you. Let me just yeah. Okay. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.